Hey everyone, welcome back to But Why Though the Podcast, where we talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, we wanted to make sure to tell y'all to head on over to our Twitter and Instagram at But Why Though PC or our Facebook, facebook.com slash But Why Though PC. That way you can send us your fan But Why Those. Why are you part of a fandom? Why does it matter to you? We want to know and we want to put it up on our website. But if you're looking to support us a little bit more, head over to our Patreon. There you'll get exclusive content, access to your research notes, and even episodes a day to two days early. And if you subscribe at the $3 level, you'll get some merch. But at the end of the day, we're happy just to have you here listening to us. So share us with your friends, share us with your coworkers, share us with your Tinder dates. Just, you know, share us. And uh, enjoy the show. I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, man. We're about to do a podcast. You want to come? <laughs> and Matt. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> so Korg is literally my favorite thing in the world right now. <laughs> Completely thrown off, so I couldn't say hi. Hey, man. First, I was like, what It'll the fuck okay. is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a circle, but a weird circle. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to start this off with a pretty brief synopsis of the film. And the reason I'm doing this is because we all pretty much agree that although the, the movie is two hours and ten minutes, it's so streamlined that plot progression is just really good and it's easier to just talk about the parts. So for the film synopsis, Imprisoned on the other side of the universe, the mighty Thor finds himself in a deadly gladiatorial contest that pits him against the Hulk, his former ally and fellow Avenger. Thor's quest for survival leads him in a race against time to prevent the all-powerful Hela from destroying his homeworld and the Asgardian civilization. So Thor Ragnarok was released this weekend in the U.S. on November 3rd. It is directed by Taika Waititi, a New Zealand director who holds the top two grossing movies to come out of New Zealand and it was made for $180 million and has so far grossed $109 million in the U.S. alone. It is personally what I feel is a breath of fresh air not only for the Thor franchise of the MCU but also for the MCU as a total package. Um, I don't know what you guys think. Hold on, so has the box office thing been updated at all, or is that just what it has through That's what, what it days? Has. This has, it has it from right now. Do you want to look it up? Well, you don't have to. I just, that's fine. <clears throat> Threw me off. Why don't you shake your head? Also, I think it is important to point out that it has a 93% certified fresh from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. It's sitting at a 90% audience score. And uh, IMDb has it at an 8.2 with 3 out of 4 from Roger Ebert. I'm not a Roger Ebert fan. <laughs> I hate the fact they use that to like judge something. Who the hell do you think you are, Roger Ebert? Well, he's dead. E- then how is he giving out scores? Because <laughs> it's a website made in his honor. That makes it even worse. <laughs> anyway... So, like I said, I think that this is a great step forward for the Marvel Universe and my favorite Thor and Hulk, like, ever. Um, where do you guys fall on that? Uh, by far the best Thor movie. I mean, Dark World is kind of one of the worst Marvel movies. <laughs> so, obviously, it's basically that against Thor 1. I think it beats it very well. Uh, and yeah. I don't care to see the Hulk movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought I thought it was really good. I mean, one hundred was twenty one million, better than Homecoming debut weekend. That's pretty good. Like, so, what's the box office at right now? 
Uh, one hundred and twenty-one million. Okay, so it was not one hundred and nine, as it says. Okay. Yeah, it's what according to um, Box Office Mojo, where I usually go okay. off of for my my things. Uh, but yeah, one hundred twenty-one million. Like that's better debut than Spider-Man: Homecoming this year, and that's coming off of Thor: Dark World. I think it's yeah. probably because they just gave us what we want, like Buddy Hulk, Thor, and Hulk running around. That's what I want. That's, that's why we don't need a, a, a Hulk movie. We, we already know about the Hulk. Just give us the Hulk with Thor so they can go yeah. do cool stuff like fighting big monsters. <laughs> um, so I guess where to start off with, um, we can talk about the characters a little bit. A little bit. I think that might be really good. Um, okay, well, I have a thing oh, to start ahead. out with. First thing is, I saw this on Twitter, and it was probably one of the best valid things I saw all weekend. Especially go to Adrian's point. Do you think it would have been better or worse? Or you, I guess would you be more surprised and better, or are you now upset knowing that basically when he gets pitted against a champion, you already know because of trailers that it is the Hulk? Um, I was upset about it because I didn't watch the trailer but as soon as that thing came out everyone posted on Twitter of the Hulk like basically in his Planet Hulk thing like I knew the Hulk was going to be in it so but I was just kind of upset that like that was there and then like the they changed scenes from the trailer apparently because like mm. all the all of like the stills I saw of like for example Hela holding the hammer it's like an yeah, inside I noticed thing that. and I was like I thought that scene was supposed to happen inside but it happened outside. Yeah. It, it's trailers are ruining movies. Is basically my point here. <laughs> I know. It was one time I was like, trailers and Twitter are ruining are, are ruining movies. I can definitely say that this is true. Because <laughs> as much as I like the trailers and everything for this movie, I'm totally like, man, if I wouldn't even have known that was Hulk, that'd have been way even better. But I also think too, like outside the trailer, like its entire market, it, it, the entire marketing scheme. Uh, Hulk was also really, really important, and Mark Ruffalo was important. Also, do you really think that Mark Ruffalo would have let you let the MCU hide him so that he couldn't do any promotion for this movie? Well, you already knew he was going to be in the movie, though. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you know he's going to be in the movie, then you know Hulk's going to be in the movie. Well, I know, but you wouldn't have probably known that he was actually the champion you're pitting against. That's the whole point. Yeah, because I've kind of thought about it more. And like, even in that, the- like if you know the Grandmaster is in there, then you know that it's going to be the Conquest of Champions. And who else would they get to fight Thor? Mark Ruffalo is in there. It's kind of self-explanatory. Is that what I'm going to say for every Star Wars trailer from now on for you? No, that's why I stopped watching the Star Wars trailers no, that so, they're so releasing. I'm going to tell you from now on. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I stopped uh, watching Do them. they put Jeff Goldblum in the trailers? Yeah. No, Not see, I didn't, see, I didn't know Jeff Goldblum was in the movie. So when I saw him as the Grandmaster... It blew my well, mind. They, well, oh yeah, we knew. and then he's in the end of Guardians of the Galaxy two when they're doing the scroll. He's like dancing. Oh, yeah, right. but do they ever announce he's actually the Grandmaster yes. in all the trailers? Even yeah, they okay. do. And then the Funko Pops are all made for the Grandmaster Jeff Goldblum. So basically, marketing in general. Marketing in general is ruining movies. Like I, I, I completely Twitter. Twitter's ruining movies. It is too. Every spoiler yeah. I've ever gotten is off of Twitter. <laughs> I can have, I can walk out of a movie trailer. I can't s- not scroll past someone who didn't use a hashtag when they were doing spoilers. So it's, it's yeah. tough. It is. It is. But I do think it's a valid point. I, I, I do think that if we had had Mark Ruffalo hidden away, not knowing he was going to be in the movie. Well, no, even knowing like, Hulk's in the movie, you still, I mean, you can figure it out, but you still wouldn't possibly have known that that exact, especially the way they play it in the movie, that that is going to be Hulk. Because they don't have anything leading up to that that he has any idea yeah. that that would be Hulk. Did you like Even the Hulk? Even Loki. Though? What are you Did you, like, Did the you like the Hulk? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's still Hulk. <laughs> Big, you know what? Dumb green person. I hate Hulk, but I really, really love Mark Ruffalo Hulk. I think Mark Ruffalo Hulk is my favorite Hulk, and I genuinely like him a lot. But didn't didn't Lou Ferrigno do the voice? For I don't know. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm pretty sure they brought him back to do uh, the Hulk voice because I did not because his voice didn't sound like uh, when he's like doing Hulk. No, he, it didn't. he doesn't sound like Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. So if we get into it a little, let's start with some of the smaller characters. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about Korg? Hey, hey, man. Korg is awesome. I love that character <laughs> so much. I think like he's 
he just he's like the comic relief that Thor like needed at that moment. It it he's just the the way they use his comedy is just so perfectly timed that like I don't think any of his jokes hit you over the head. And every time he came on screen, my theater was laughing. I've seen it twice. Every time he comes on screen, people are just dying. Even like after I, he's like piss off ghost and he fucking tries to drop kick Loki <laughs> ghost. Like like it's just it's good. It's just really really good. I don't know why I identify so much. Maybe because like I was like thinking of the comic Korg and this is like how it was brought to life and it just makes me happy. It just really really does. And I think for me like Korg is um, I didn't know that Korg is actually the director Taika Waititi mm-hmm. in the film. Like he voices him. But what I did, because I've seen one of his movies, and it was uh, What We Do in the Shadows, which is a horror comedy type thing. And the comedic timing that he has is so spot on that it's just like what you said. Like, it doesn't hit you over the head. Like, everything is specific to Korg. And it intera- it, it plays off of the other person that he's talking to all the time. Was it, and I wasn't think- his, uh, his joke with, like, the, the vampire's... A direct relation to that movie yes it is yes. yeah yep. like that's just that's just good stuff because that's you know one of those jokes doesn't hit you over the head but if you if you watch uh, what we do in the shadows you're like hey that's even funnier now so i think yeah. he, he's he just kills it with his comedic timing and the fact that he like did the characters even better yeah because you, you know that this... he's gonna put all he has into that because I think one of the things that really helps with almost all the characters and is at the heart of this movie is, like, I know, Matt, um, you said that a lot of people are upset that it's a comedy. Well, not, like, necessarily upset, but obviously this whole Marvel way, they finally kind of fully embrace this comedy type instead of a serious... Because what all actually takes place, like, you reading the synopsis and everything, you don't necessarily get the feel that this is where we're about to be the entire end of possibly the universe. Yeah. And everything else and civilization. You don't necessarily get that whole feeling or that sense or even some of the trials that uh, Thor goes through in this movie or all the people dying. You don't get that sense of, like, seriousness sometimes. Yeah, I think that the way that they did it, the way that Taika did it specifically, was he had every character have their own brand of humor. And I think that that's why I don't feel that I lose a lot of the emotion because... When they're in that elevator, um, when Loki and Thor are in that elevator and he's talking about how, like, you know, he, I, I thought the world of you. Yeah. Like, like it, yeah. It, it's soul crushing because you, you, you realize that, like, Thor will always love his brother, but then they'd have that little piece of comedy when he zaps him and leaves him there because it's like, no, Loki, I learned my lesson. I'm not going to trust you. I'm going to go take the ship. Um, so, like. Yeah. I, I get it, and I think that that's been a larger critique, and it's it's raised by a lot of people defending the DCEU, is because that has a genuine, like a generally more, a darker tone, is that Marvel movies are too light, and I think that Marvel is able to do drama, but they do it, I don't know, in a way that doesn't make you want to just go cry in a corner, like you still want to cry in a corner, like the end of Civil War, I still want to cry in a corner, but I had everything else make it so that, that movie didn't just depress me, I guess. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with the comedy in this movie. I thought yeah, it was, like, at least like Adrian said, it's, to me, at least it's better and not over the top and well, I guess, well... Well-timed? No, well, it's well-timed, but it's not overly exerted, I guess, like they did in Guardians. Yeah. Where it was unnecessary yeah. at times. That was one of my biggest things when I saw this, and... I didn't expect it to be a comedy, but it's definitely like the funniest movie I've seen this year. And when we went to go see it a second time with one of our friends, I was like, "This movie is hilarious." And he like looked at me like Thor, like <laughs> Thor is going to be hilarious. And he didn't stop laughing the entire time we were there. Uh, but like like Matt said, and it was my it was my biggest thing when we came out of the movie was that like that's how I wish uh, Guardians, Guardians Two went out. Yeah, because I liked Guardians Two. I watched it um, yesterday again while I was working and it's not bad it's just their comedic timing is just too over the top whereas like Guardians 1 was like perfect mix of like drama and comedy and they kind of dropped the ball in Guardians 2 and Thor kind of picked it back up of like this is kind of how it should be and you kind of like and if Marvel fans have been watching these movies for all of these years they kind of know that nothing really world shaping is going to happen in this movie so why not just lean into it being a comedy 
and leave all the like the big stuff for like Infinity War. Yeah, and I think really what they do too is I think what they what they do because like Thor has always been the dumb guy like in all like in in Ultron in Avengers and he's funny but they don't lean into it. He's like funny but broody. Here he's like really really funny and a funny kind of broody if that makes sense. Like he's still different than other people but he just I don't I don't know how to explain it. It was it was really freaking well done. Yeah, they changed the way like the aspect of his comedy like cuz in the movie in the like Avengers movies, he's funny because he doesn't get jokes or like he's funny because yeah. he doesn't understand like the world. In Thor Ragnarok, he's funny cuz he's like genuinely making good jokes. He's not like just being made fun of like you know, Tony calls him point break. We're laughing <laughs> and, with him. Yeah, We're exactly. We're not laughing at him. <laughs> exactly. That's a great way to put it. Um, so I guess to go into some of the characters, what did you guys think of, uh, I guess, Valkyrie? Because she's the new one we get here. Um, I thought she was okay. I didn't... I was reading some article after I saw it that um, the actress specifically played her as bi because like the character in the comics is. But I've seen it twice. I didn't really like ever get the assumption that like she played that character as bi. I just thought she just didn't give a shit about anybody and was just chilling. Yeah. And that's and the thing too, like, like they don't they don't actually show her opposite females to actually play. Yeah. Maybe something got cut out like in like the cutting room floor or something like that. Like maybe she had like a relationship with like the Valkyrie that say like that jumps in front of her. Yeah. That's what I was thinking the second time I watched it after I heard her make that statement, but they don't do enough in the yeah. movie for that to come across. I thought she was fine. I think she plays like a, you know, I don't give a fuck badass kind of like chick uh archetype yeah. i thought she was okay yeah i mean i thought she was okay but i was kind of with adrian i saw all these people cheering oh we gotta buy and i'm like i didn't see any of this yeah i mean i know in the comics she was but i was like for you to like cheer like all this on with there's like no actual substance of this was kind of wondering like uh what are you talking about yeah so yeah. like i think that is actually at least from what i've seen there are um there are a lot of parts of um lgbt fans on twitter who have been like it's great that you've recognized that she's a bi character, but it's great to have a bi character in the universe and somebody who is in canon, you know, not a heterosexual character, but you should also like put, probably put her opposite of woman so you can actually see that, you know, she is that character. Well, that's the only thing I have. It's like this whole, like, we're, we're glad and it's recognized, but literally, unless if you have never even heard of the character before, you would never get that from yeah. this movie. And I Sadly, think that's the problem I, I have. It it's like, yeah. people are all, like, cheering and they're like, oh, yeah, we got this. And I'm like, that is never established in any possible yeah. way. Which is movie. what I, because I think people mostly were cheering before, because before the movie came out, because she specifically, like, released, like, two tweets or something yeah, that well, said I mean, that she was fine, by but... because she doesn't care what people, like, she doesn't care what the men in the film think about right. her. But I think after, I've seen a lot more critique of them not showing her in that element versus, yeah. like... Yeah, because, yeah. like, I think you're right. Like, when you just said um, he she played her as, like, not caring what men think. But, like, is that, like, the, attri like, the attribute of, like, a bi person? And that's what I'm supposed to, like, celebrate? Like, oh, if you don't care what men think, you must be bi. That makes no sense. But Yeah, but that's, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, Yeah, they, like, they didn't do enough they to, did to not do it. Give her, yeah, they did not give her time opposite a female to establish that that is who she is. Yeah, I guess. I'm just going like to give like him the benefit screen. of the doubt. Just from yeah. seeing it again when she was like, uh, I only survived because, and then she gets all quiet. And then you see, like, that chick save her. I'm just going to assume that they they went something yeah. deeper there, but they just didn't put it into the movie is what I'm going to yeah. go with. Because I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt for that. But I thought she's cool. She's strong as shit. Basically only by knowing the background would I even thought that, though. Like, other yeah. than that, I'm like, oh, her friend died. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I, I think that yeah. if you don't know it, I, I, I don't think they did a job. They didn't do a good job representing that on film just behind the scenes if that makes sense yeah i don't think there's yeah. any representation in the film besides background that is not actually there actually acknowledged at all yeah so and i think beyond that too like i just really liked her physicality in the movie because like when she first shows up and she's standing on that um on the junk ship her arms look buff i'm just like damn i want my arms to look like that this isn't fair <laughs> tessa thompson <laughs> I can see all your muscles. <laughs> I think this also goes back to one of the thing that bugs me the most every time I see one of these women on screen is, why the hell is Wonder Woman so damn tiny Yeah. compared to every other woman they put on screen? That, I, I've thought that too. But, 
we live in a world with both of them. And anyway, Tessa Thompson is phenomenal and she looks strong and her fight scenes are really great too and i think she's a great addition to the team i don't like i've seen a lot too where people are calling for a solo movie for her and i don't think she could carry a solo movie at all why like you don't like the whole point of being a valkyrie is to be a part of a team and you got to play off other people i don't i don't think anybody in this movie including thor and hulk should get solo solo movies from now, like they they are a part of the team, and I don't think they should get solo movies. So maybe I more screen there. time, more screen time probably, but no solos. I guess that's um, kind of like when I saw the character, I was like, oh yeah, she's a cool character, blah blah. But then like seeing everybody with like, oh, we need a solo movie of her. Yeah. Oh, she's a Best Buy character, all this stuff, and I was like, none of this was established, and definitely I don't see well, any see, of this. And I, it was kind of. I think that's overplayed. one of the things that really bugs me is like not every side character in a superhero movie needs a solo movie. Yeah, you no, know? not at all. Like I didn't that know that was a thing. Hulk. Like she's not I do the not person. Need a Hulk movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you don't and need I don't need like. Like, I'm not just saying, I'm not just, like, I'm not saying Tessa can't carry a movie. She probably can, but the character herself, I don't think can do it. And I don't want to see a Hulk solo movie now. I only want to see the Hulk when he's working with people. Same thing with Thor. Um, but Yeah, and if you just give her, like, the movie just because she was, like, badass in this movie, I think Gamora would deserve a solo movie over oh, Valkyrie yeah. in I would day. definitely take a Gamora. So if you're gonna if you're gonna base it off of badassness, Gamora deserves a solo a solo over that. I could do that. Completely. Right? Yeah, I could definitely do that over her. Like Gamora would be fun. And, and she's like Danis's daughter, so that's like a whole bunch of family things she right at there. Has, at least it seems like enough backstory that that's actually been recognized to have yeah. even part And of backstory it. that's alive. True. <laughs> Um, so moving right along, we um, really quickly Jeff Goldblum. I love Jeff Goldblum, and I want to be Jeff Goldblum. Like if I could be any person in the world at this moment, I would want to be Jeff Goldblum. This was the most Jeff Goldblumy Goldblum I've ever seen in my life, and it was absolutely <laughs> perfect. Yes. <laughs> I think it's like a great like I don't know. I, I wouldn't say mirror, but like difference between like. The way he played the Grand Master, and then like how the Collector is yes! portrayed, yes. like it's perfect. so good, so 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 good. It's yeah, it's perfect, and and like the Conquest of Champions is probably one of my favorite things that happens in any in any of the arcs. Um, like I love it when it happens in X Men. Like I just, I just love it. Um, and so to see him take on that role as Grand Master, like I can't see anybody else as that ever again. <laughs> yeah, he was really really good. Gold blue. Like, Chef Goldblum, like, what do you... He's the best part of anything. <laughs> okay, moving... And I'm actually just looking at the Thor Ragnarok poster and just moving, like, up up as we Even go. though the best part of Jeff Goldblum is I do not like the word slaves. Oh, yes! <laughs> <laughs> Prisoners with jobs? Yes, that's, that's better. No, my favorite is at the end. I think it's in the post credit scene where he stumbles out of the pod and he's just like, good revolution, guys. Let's all remember that you could not have done it without somebody to revolt against. So uh, it's a tie. It was yeah, so good. It was great, great, great. Um, moving up to Loki. Any big things with Loki, did you guys think? Loki played Loki. Loki yeah. did what he's supposed to do. He was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's not like a knock against him, but he literally, that's what I expect from him, and that's what I got from him, so I can't. Are we talking about um, Matt Damon Loki or <laughs> Tom Hiddleston Loki? Tom yeah, Hiddleston Loki. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Also, that is the same thing that I expect from Matt Damon when he does cameos. Yes. Like the best one he does is in Eurotrip with the band of Scotty Doesn't Know. I'll yeah. put in a little clip of that song. That's a great song. <laughs> No, Tom Hiddleston was great. Like he's one of the best characters, uh, well, one of the best actors, and Loki's one of the best characters. Like in this whole MCU, he's just he just kills it every time. And the dynamic with him and Thor in this, I think, is better than any of the other movies we have. Oh yeah, I, I completely agree. Also, my favorite part is when um, Hulk smashes Thor into the ground, and he just stands like that's how it feels. And the Grandmaster's uh, just looking at him like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, my fa- my favorite thing is when he's he's like portrayed as Odin, and he sees Thor. And he's like, "Oh shit!" And I was like, "Holy yeah. shit! Is that Loki? Loki is Loki in there?" 
Which, uh, Anth shout out to Odin, Anthony Hopkins, for being able to play Tom Hiddleston playing Loki. Yeah, that was so <laughs> good. It was so good. Um, and I also, what I really like with Loki's relationship with Thor is the fact that you, in this movie, you kind of see that Thor has evolved to understand that dynamic, both as a brother, but also in a pragmatic sense. Like, he doesn't hesitate to throw his hammer out and hold Loki's head to it. Yeah, because like. <laughs> he knows that he's gonna he's gonna punk out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So probably one of my favorite characters, mostly just because I love this actor. But Heimdall, Idris Idris Elda, Elba as Heimdall, rocking that Bifrost sword and just wrecking everything. And the dreads. He was awesome. He looked yeah. dope. He looked awesome, except because of the coloring of his outfit, the cloak and the dreads. And he looks like Bishop. He does look like Bishop. And I'm really pissed that we do not have Idris as Bishop as a major part of, like, X-Men continuity in film. Because Bishop is a phenomenal character, and this is just proven that we somehow need to make him that, as well this as Heimdall. <laughs> unfortunately, saddens me, because it kind of confirms and does everything that, unfortunately... Because of the party taken, he, there's no way for him to actually be any other character to move up necessarily to a bigger way into the MCU. I know. As much as he wants to, you kind of solidified the role, and your character kind of is what he, who he is. Yeah. Because I think the other day, Matt and I actually spent like a good 30 minutes trying to fan cast him into other roles because we want more Idris. <laughs> just put him in the. Just put him as Green Lantern in. John Stewart. Yeah. Well, I mean, that worked, but I'm talking about as far as the MCU. Yeah. Oh, MCU, he's, he's, he's done. done. Yeah, That's he's the thing. done. Yeah. Unfortunately, he could definitely, he would be, I think he could, he would rock Jon Stewart for sure. Yeah. Give me that. Yeah. Cause, and it's sad, too, because he's actually come out saying that he wants to play a bigger part in the MCU. But with, yeah, Heimdall, it's just Heimdall. I mean, which he rocked Heimdall. Like, I would not mess with Heimdall. Well, I mean, like, that's fine. Uh, but, I, mean, I, thought, I thought they were going to let him and uh, Fenrir go at it. Yeah, I, I was, was so for stoked that. for that. <laughs> also happy that Finnyer was in there because I was about to be mad because I was like, "This Ragnarok that means Finnyer has to be involved." Yes. Yep. I'm mad yep. I didn't get enough scenes of Hella writing him though. Yeah. I'll tell Stefani that she needs to um, cosplay as Hella, and then I'll just walk around as a uh, as Fenrir. Fenrir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, let's move to Hella. Um, First off, I want to say I love her costume design. And as impractical as a giant horned helmet is, it is not as impractical as fighting with loose hair. So I really like that every time, like, shit's ready to go down, she pulls her hair back. It I'm just like, looks so goddamn cool. <laughs> it does! It's, it's so cool. It does. Because it's so much, like, more slick than, like, Hemsworth, you know, smashing his thing and he has his outfit on. Like, yeah. No, she like slicks back while she walks up to you while she's about to. And she wreck looks your just world. like annoyed at you while she's doing it too. So she's not like doing it because she's about to like be super serious. She's like, oh my god, I have to deal with these plebs again. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, it's so. I, I love the costume design. I thought it was cool. We have like the Valkyrie scene where the Valkyries are coming in and she's there. It's one of the coolest scenes of that entire movie. It is. So the one thing I do want to know about Hela, how does she relate to actual Norse mythology? Because when we did the Thor episode, which will probably be released a few days before or after this. One day before. I'll be releasing this on Thor's day. But that was last <laughs> week. No, Thor's day is just Thursday in general. Yeah. It's named after Thor. Thursday. Yeah, which is Thor's day. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> how does she play into actual Norse mythology? So in Norse mythology, Hel is the goddess of death, and she right. reigns for, um, it's pretty much the souls, not of the, um, so you have Valhalla, which is where the, champions. the, the cha not just champions, oh. but the honored dead. So Whatever. people who have died in battle and stuff like that, and then you have the dishonored dead, which go to her. Okay. So did they portray her properly with what her story was in this movie, or not? I mean, ultimately, so she's the goddess of death. She's oh, represented that. as the executioner. And they didn't actually say that she was in hell, which is, there's a different name for it in the Nine Realms. Right. But they do say that she is sequestered into her own realm to be kept away from the power of Asgard. Um, so is she actually Thor's sister and daughter of Odin? 
I don't know that actually. Because that's one thing we did not get a chance to touch on, which I assumed we didn't. Which I assumed is something we did not touch on because we knew we were going to do this review, and so I kind of want to talk at least more about her actual. Uh, yeah. Because her actual name is Hell instead of Hella, um, and it just means the hidden. Uh, she's also a giantess in Norse mythology, which oh my god, I want a giant Hella. <laughs> um. She's the daughter of Loki. Okay, that's what I... Th- yeah. Okay, because I remember seeing something about she's the daughter of Loki and other stuff and not necessarily uh, like Thor's brother and whatnot, so I wasn't sure if they actually played that properly or I misunderstood something. Yeah, no, she's the daughter of Loki and the sister of Fenrir, and Loki is Fenrir's dad as well. And I think he's also the dad of the serpent, of the world serpent. Loki? Yes. Um, he's the yeah, daughter of somebody they're, else. They're, they're all connected. Yeah, the uh, the wolf, the serpent, and then I guess if you relate to hell, then yeah, I guess they're hell too. But the serpent and the and Fenrir are yeah. super super close. Okay. Yeah. Um. But I did really like the way she kind of complicated this idea that we have of um Asgard is it as it is now because we see Odin as a just ruler and there's this awesome scene where she walks into the throne room and shatters the ceiling that has like the happy the happy, happy Thor and Loki, like, you know, living it up with Odin, and it just shatters, and it's blood red, and you see her and Odin taking over the Nine Realms. And it, it I liked it because it's a reference to the Odin of mythology, yes. which is nothing but bloodshed, nothing but conquer. And to have her as the one who wanted to keep conquering is, in my opinion, really, really cool. Because in the end of the day, she's the one that wants to be satiated with with uh, with dominion over everything, which um, is also good, and I think one of the best quotes from watching that thing was, "Where did you think Asgard got all this stuff?" From? Yes, like yeah. yeah, you live in a basically this great gold built, amazing city. It just wasn't, it just didn't appear out of thin air. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, and her first that her first fight scene, uh, oh my where god, she just destroys so everybody was ridiculous. It's so good. It's ridiculous. And I, it made me so sad because she kills the Warriors 3, and I forget his name, but he's like oh, the last dude. one standing. Yeah. And she just looks at him with such pity and just impales him on a spike. I I, like, I audibly said, oh, so shit. Good. I audibly said, oh, shit, when she first got there, and she just 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 took out two out of the three, like nothing. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ, this chick is going to wreck everybody, isn't she? She's yeah. just gonna kill everything. She's so good, and I like the fact. Yeah, it's good. And her delivery was good too. Who? What? What's the actress's name? Uh, Kate, Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. Yeah, Blanchett. She, she, was she also, killed it. She was, yeah, she was also Gladriel in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, 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 yeah. She killed it. Absolutely yeah. killed which, it. Which we're talking about killing everybody, I guess, in the thing. Which leads like to the other question of where is Sif through all this? So they did contact the actress who plays Sif to film scenes for the movie, but she has her own TV show on NBC now, and they couldn't work out the um, work out the schedules. They would have had to be recorded a uh, filmed at the exact same time that she was filming Blind Spot. So that's why Sif isn't there, and they don't explain it at all. Yeah, I was like, I don't really care that she's on whatever dumb TV show. They don't. The explain real question it. is, yeah. why they not explain anything or see what happened to her? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess I'd be more upset if they gave her a bigger role. Like, yeah. if they would have made, like, if they would have put him and Thor or her and Thor together instead of um, I'm Jane. Just, yeah, I'm just. Then I guess I would have cared I don't more. Get that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I get all that except for the fact that it seemed to be a giant hole in which they destroy all of Asgard. Which, yeah. sorry if you know the actual mythology of Rag, Rag or not whatever ragnarok ragnarok you know that's what happens anyways yeah but she is nowhere to be found through this whole thing i assume she's chilling somewhere drinking mojitos i don't know i don't know i don't know yeah so hell i got the 10 10 10 thumbs up or like 10 i don't know like obsidian shards thing is like shooting through the ground and through the yeah she really likes breaking stuff like she's just breaking everything hammering into floors throwing around fake infinity gauntlets she's like breaking shit which i will say um like you like you did say like that part where she breaks the hammer was changed and it actually makes me really sad because i don't think the scene where she breaks the hammer is as good as it was in the trailer yeah and then i can see that really sad because people are super hyped about it so i was like really really surprised that they changed that scene yeah 
given like how much they promoted it as like oh shit scene yeah because it was awesome like she just stops at like nothing um okay so moving on to hulk mark ruffalo what did you guys think of hulk we talking about hulk or we talking about bruce banner both of them they are the same person no they're not they're totally two different people (laughs) okay so I guess he where even the, explains that in the movie. They I, are completely two different people. Well, no, but what I'm saying no is no banner, like, only Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I much prefer you anyway. Banner's just like ooh, numbers, science. <laughs> um, yeah. So the way they set up Hulk and they they so one of the important things to know that as much as this is a Thor film, it is also a Hulk film, and they borrow from both of their um pretty prominent story arcs in the comics to make this movie and probably my like the only hulk story arc that i've ever liked is planet hulk and this is where we get gladiator hulk and this is what we have here and essentially was after so what happens is after after the hulk steals the quinjet and leaves in age of ultron he is stranded on sakar sakar right yeah. The junk planet, which is just like, which they kind of didn't really explain. They show a half video of how he even got there, which is still a yeah. little confusing. My thing is like whole because this is at the edge of the universe, and it pretty much picks up all the trash that are that are like flown out of like the different like wormholes and stuff like that and i I, the way i thought of that was hulk was just trying to fly the opposite direction of everything and get away from everything and so he just eventually ended up it's a car because it's the farthest reach of the universe he was on earth and then he took it up in the sky quinjets work in space watch agents of shield how far do you think that quinjet was gonna go before it hits a car i don't know I don't think you know hey, how long wormhole. It's... Wormholes. Wormholes. Random wormhole in space. Exactly. Anyway, so you have Hulk and he gets to the planet and he stays Banner stays in Hulk form for two years without breaking. Um, Hulk is also solidified as like the greatest champion on Sakar. And it's I really liked it, and as much as the Hulk was comedic. I liked it because there's this part where he's talking with Thor and Thor's talking about going back to Earth. And the Hulk really doesn't want to do that because the Hulk is finally in a place that really loves him and adores him and celebrates him. Whereas everybody on Earth just does not like Hulk. Um, yeah. So I thought it was really touching. And it may have been comedic, but it was touching. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was going to translate that well, to be honest. Like... If you would have told me in the first Avengers movie that somewhere down the line Hulk was going to make me laugh in the movie theater, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have believed you because I thought they did that really well. It's like Hulk like big yeah. flame, Thor like yes. what? <laughs> it's just so dumb, <laughs> just completely dumb. Um, and then you end up getting Hulk watching on the Quinjet while Thor is trying to escape. A, the the last transmission that Black Widow sends him trying to get him to come back and it shakes him and out pops Bruce Banner who is completely confused and I really like the comedy that comes out of Mark Ruffalo is nothing but Bruce Banner being a little ball of anxiety and being really scared of where he is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, considering he woke up two years later on the other side of the universe, I can kind of at least... Well, yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't forced. Like, it was just yeah. him being completely anxious the entire time. And my favorite thing is when Hulk goes to fist bump and Banner just, like, high fives it. And they don't act awkward about it. They just do it and, like, get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is just, like, a perfect explanation of their of their relationship. No, yeah, this is, like, the best portrayal, I think, of Bruce Banner that he's done because like you gotta be we're getting a whole different side of bruce banner here than we've gotten in any of the like adventure movies yeah because so he's out he of kills his element. it yeah he kills it like i yeah. told was totally believable and he was really funny like you were saying like the comedic timing he has as bruce banner in this movie is great i also want to thank twitter for pointing out that bruce banner is angry all the time because because he has seven phds yeah and, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course you would be um, and I guess finally, we got to talk about the Odin son. We've talked about him a little bit when it comes to being redeemed, 
But what I want to talk about specifically is how he fights after he loses his hammer and that he finally gets to embody lightning. Yeah, they finally give him, like, the Berserker Rage thing, which I, like, lost my shit in the theater when I saw it. I was like, oh, yes. Thor, yep. like, Hulk's done. Hulk's about to get his ass whooped. This is great. Yeah, I'm so glad they did that and they made it just not about the hammer because, like, naturally he's strong as shit. Like, he's yeah. super, super strong. Like, he, he doesn't get to lift the world stake because he has the hammer. He gets to lift the world stake because he's Thor. Yeah. Like, he's super, super strong. So when Hela takes his eye, that is a specific reference to Odin because Odin lost his eye, but Odin gave up his eye to learn all of the knowledge in the universe and to better tap into the power he had. And so when Thor loses it in the comics, it's actually part of the storyline Rune King Thor where he's going through these trials to become King of Asgard. And... I just thought it was awesome because it he just one he looked like a badass like he had one eye and it he looked like a badass and then when he was fighting on the bridge like he does like that spin move yeah into yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. And I was like, like is that is that Raiden was yeah. they, they, they give him Raiden powers this exactly I'm like this is so awesome um it's just super well done like I can't talk about how much I loved this movie. Because I think every piece of it was really, really well done. And I'm really happy. I want Taika to do more in the MCU. Because I think he he brought these characters to life in a way that we haven't seen them before. And it makes me really appreciative of it. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, And I thought they used the music really well. I I, I noticed they brought some of the the music back from Thor 1. Um, yes. And then when they used modern songs, I didn't feel forced, like in Suicide Squad, where they're yeah. like, hey, you know this popular song, we're going to put it in this scene. <laughs> they actually just used songs that would do well for, just like that end fight scene when he's, like you said, spinning around doing lightning. Immigrant Song was the best freaking song to back that first battle and that last battle. It was yeah. so no, well yeah. used. It was so, it was really, really, really well done. Now, as I was watching, I was like, man, this is why I want music in my movies, like subtly in there in only important moments. I don't need it every five seconds like in Suicide Squad. Yes. I think the music to me, at least for the fight scenes in Berserker Hulk, was by far the, or yeah, Berserker Thor was by far the best part of the movie. Yeah. And what I liked about the music as much as like, I really did love their use of the modern song I really liked the synth wave that they did and I think a lot of it has to do with one that's just like Taika's aesthetic but to like the that's like the entire soundtrack for Stranger Things is synth wave and it's yeah. so and it works to build tension and still like just flow with the character I think I think I think that it was perfect to bring that into Thor especially with the hyper color settings around it um, and just the planet of Sakaar in general. Yeah, can we talk about that? Like, the yeah. hyper-coloring in this movie is, like, really, really good. Like, I just... When I went to go see it again, we saw it in 3D. Not by choice. We messed up on the tickets. <laughs> uh, but everything just looked, like, really... Uh, the, the color palettes in this movie was just really, really great. And I can't think of another Marvel movie that had, like, that kind of color palette. I really can't did, think of a lot of movies that even have that kind of color palette. Or do it yeah. successfully. Yeah, it's that's because like you kind of get it a little bit in um, Guardians, Guardians Two when they're like on that the gold people planet or whatever, but this movie kind of had it all the way through and it just worked well even though they were in different settings throughout the entire movie. Yeah, I, I, it's really yeah, it's it it's like it's, it's something subtle, right? Like if you watch any of the DC movies, they're all dark, darkly hued and, and brown, and it's hard to see stuff. But this was like a vibrant movie, and it, I think it played really well to the funness of it. Yeah, and I also think that it's a hard thing to do because um, I just rewatched some of the prequels, and not that that was hypercolor, but like the use of CGI can really stand out when you have yeah. it in um, in really defined shots. So one of the things with the prequels is they're super super clear, and every nothing's muddled together, so you can see everything really distinctively. And so the CGI doesn't blend as well. And I obviously we're at a different level of CGI now, so like not to knock that, but like. Like working CGI into some like Hella's fight scene, that was CGI. But to work it into something, like the color palette doesn't let you hide anything. 
everything yeah. is really distinct from each and from each other and so if you mess up you're gonna see it and so to just have the balls to just hit that and do those giant fight scenes like yeah <laughs> we haven't talked about carl urban oh yeah carl urban the scourge and destroyer yeah <laughs> um with, with destroy in Texas. Yes. <laughs> Which everybody in our theater was laughing when that Oh, happened. I've seen it twice. Yeah. Every, both times, theater just erupted. Like, whoa! It was like some people were cheering the second time it happened. I was like, Jesus. Texas. Which... His uh, name's for the guns. And like at the end, like when he's shooting the guns, like that's, I think, the most ridiculous part of this entire movie. Actually... I was like, how many bullets you got in that yeah. gun? <laughs> so, so you're able to do this. As cool as it was. That is what I thought of, though. I was like, damn, they're still going. <laughs> This is Texas. We have unlimited <laughs> amounts of bullets. Uh, and he's just like, then he just starts beating people with it. This is this is great. <laughs> when he has the shake weight, oh he's like, god, like, like that's said, so good. Yeah, just like you said at like, the beginning, every character has like their own comedic style in this movie. And with him doing the shake weight, I can only picture Carl Urban in full clad armor with a shake weight. Yes, <laughs> acting cool. Yes. And I will say too that scene where with the guns, that's actually from the comic book. Is it really? Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> Man. Oh, it makes that's me happy. That's pretty good. Yeah. It makes me really, really happy. Uh, oh, also my favorite Korg scene was also my like saddest scene where he's holding his little razor oh, head. And Meeks did. <laughs> 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 what planet's he from? Oh, he's dead. I accidentally stepped on him when we when yeah. we were running on the bridge. I've just felt so bad about it. I've been carrying him around all day. Oh, yeah, you're alive! Really <laughs> I just uh, like at the beginning when he first meets Thor, and he's like, "Oh, I'm not, never, like I'm not like really dangerous unless you're a pair of scissors." Oh, that's a joke. <laughs> Hello, new Doug. Oh. That's what oh, Doug used no. to say. Bye, new Doug. <laughs> yeah. So I, good. I guess, um, are there any critiques for this movie? I mean, we've been overwhelmingly positive, I guess, other than a little bit of the Valkyrie stuff. Um, I think that they rushed the ending, like, a whole bunch. Like, yeah. To kind of, like, get it done with. Like, oh, they went to the wormhole, and they knew how to plot it all the way back, uh, back home that easily. Through the devil's and anus. They just kind of, like... Yeah, through the Devil's Angel, and they show up there. That was kind of weird. And then the big fire giant thing, I think, it just came out of nowhere Sarter. for me. I, yeah, like I thought they were just gonna let them fight, and somehow they were gonna win. Yeah. But like, oh, remember at the beginning of the movie, we're gonna make this big dude destroy the thing, and he's like, oh, this is what Ragnarok was supposed to happen. It just felt like rushed. Like I just, it doesn't bother me. But I was like, well, they could have done something different here. Maybe like they? a little less time on Sakaar and more time in that ending. Because I thought they were going to kill Loki. Because I didn't see him escape the palace before he summoned Sarter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sarter. Even that, that too. Yeah. Like, that was really quick. Like, I thought the ship was, like, not able to be used. And then he's, like, he's able to just jump in the ship. It was just really rushed towards the end, I yeah. think. But I think he was just trying to get out of there. I'm like, all right, next movie. He just had <laughs> so much fun for the other. And that's why I didn't really matter. Like, if other parts of the movie would have been bad and then like you did that to me at the end then i would have been I'd, it bothered me a little bit more but i thought the rest of the movie was good enough where i was like okay i guess i guess that makes sense in like comic book you know yeah. logic and continuity kind of thing that and i definitely think that the fight scenes within it make up like they they make up for a little bit of timing issues in the third act yeah yeah because they're really freaking good hey man we're going to get on the ship. You want to come? <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, and, him, and Hulk fighting uh, Fenrir was pretty cool. We see kind of like how strong Fenrir is, like when she pierces Hulk's skin, yeah. which we, I don't think we've seen in no, this continuity happened. at all. Yeah. Uh, the physics of like him uppercutting him off like the waterfall is a little weird. Because he's like being dragged and he's still able to uppercut him off of the thing. But then he suplexed him before that. That whole scene was just dope. <laughs> of him fighting Fenrir. That was awesome. Yeah, I really can't think of any. Matt, do you have any? The only thing I can think of is I knew it was coming, but I didn't think they would actually do it, is when Bruce Banner jumped off the ship. 
I really thought that was like, <laughs> 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 You're so good. I laughed so, so hard. I was like, I know they're going to do this, but I was like, no, they, they, they couldn't do that. No, and then they did it. And I was like, oh. It was Damn. so good. It would have been a great, like, hero fall moment. And I was, like, ready for him just to, like, up, like, just downward uppercut the wolf yeah. right away. But him, but Mark Ruffalo falling <laughs> is even better than the Hulk coming down. So I love that. I love because that so he, much. He, and a lot of that, the reason I think that works isn't just because he went splat. It works because Mark Ruffalo, this is the only time in the movie that he's been sure of something. Is jumping yeah. out of that ship. I also really like, um, actually, I really like Hulk's dynamic with Valkyrie a whole bunch. Yeah. Because, like, when he's like, it's time to train, she's like, oh, hey, big guy. Hello, little woman. And then, yeah. <laughs> like, and when she comes in and she swings the ha- Hulk swings the hammer at her and, like, they wrestle and stuff. Yeah. Like, it's just, and, like, it's when really she sees that that was Hulk, he's, she, she's just like, what the <laughs> heck is going on here? Yep. I also think that this that the way they do have her as being equal to Thor in strength and equal to Loki, I think it, it kind of really puts into perspective that they are all as guardians and they are all gods. Yeah. Ultimately. Um, yeah. So I really like that. And I just want to see her fight more things. I like her I fighting just, things. She needs to find a baby Pegasus so she can ride it around. Yes! <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, I guess tending to my final thoughts would be, I mean, as far as critiques of the movie, I mean, I really enjoyed the movie. I don't know how much critiques I really had. I think there was a few things. Sif being completely absent kind of bugged me a little bit, just because she seemed to be a major, like, guardian warrior type person from of Asgard. Still, no matter how many doors they have, the fact that they play Odin the way they do still bugs me to this day. <laughs> it, I mean, it bugged me in the first one, the second one, and even in this one. As in this loving, caring father figure. And then, kind of like Adrian was saying, the, the ending felt did feel a little rushed. And they kind of just got off. and like, oh, we're gone. And then it's like, okay, that was quick. Yeah. But no, I really enjoyed the movie. I didn't mind the lightheartedness for once. Because Marvel movies have been, at least with the critique, that they have been bugging me some, some sorts of like this whole lightheartedness of just nothing and no consequences. But I thought this one did pretty well. But no, I enjoyed it. That was good. I could definitely take more Berserker Thor. Yeah. So. He looks like a badass. <laughs> yeah, he's super dope. Um, my final thoughts. Yeah, critiquing is kind of hard because I think it was expertly done, mostly because a lot of it could have gone really bad. Like that—that's my big takeaway from this. Is like, I—I I don't think somebody other than Taika could have executed the script this way. Um. Like it, it just it has him all over it, and it it, it was it was just really good. Um, I definitely do agree. Like I said, with the third part being a little bit rushed, um, yeah, the visibility of Valkyrie as a bi character versus her just being one without it having any play at all on screen is a little or is a little meh. And damn it, I just want Idris Elba to be a big part in the MCU. <laughs> He's so good, guys. Um, yeah, so where do you guys rank this for the superhero movies we've seen this year? Um, this year, for me, this is... Uh, honestly, probably three. I I really liked... Um, I liked... Um, Logan, for sure, more than I liked this one. And I liked... Spider-Man more than I liked this one. Well, maybe maybe like two two A two B for this and Spider-Man: Homecoming, but nothing made me feel the, like the way that Logan did. Yeah. I th- yeah, but I think it's definitely better than Wonder Woman for sure. It's oh, definitely yes. gonna be, it's <laughs> definitely gonna be better than Justice League. I haven't even seen it yet. Um, and it's better than Guardians. Yeah, I'm 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 dreading us doing our Justice League review. Oh, I'm. It better be good. I'm dreading paying for all that. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Where do you rank it? Uh, I would probably have to go with one, probably. I liked it more than... I, I think only because the feels from Logan probably put it up there. Like, Logan up there, possibly like a 1A. But I think overall I enjoyed this movie more than Logan. Because I think if you take away the feels of actual Logan and the actual, like, you know, this is like 17 years of this character, then I think this was a better movie. Um, way better than Spider-Man. 
Berserker Thor would beat the crap out of the little kid crap Spider-Man Disney has. <laughs> Tell me how you Thor, really feel. <laughs> Thor would destroy basically every anybody in this continuity. Yeah. As yes. Berserker Thor. Um, and then Guardians was fun, but I don't know. The more more I've seen of Guardians, I've kind of like dropped it a little bit. I guess down to three. But yeah, and obviously I just don't even count Wonder Woman. No, I think I'm pretty much in the same boat. Um, this would be my, like, my number one would be 1A, 1B for Logan and Thor here. Just because, and, like, yes, the feels, but those character performances in Logan is just yeah, something I that I can't freaking be. Yeah. Like, it, now, I, I, and the reason I put 1A, 1B is they're doing something completely different, right? It's like, you, it's, do you like I don't know like do you want to eat pizza or a taco like you want to eat both well, of them but they're both really that's why good. I've had problems with the whole Logan trying to judge in here because one it's in something a totally different like setting thing, yeah and it's totally doing something completely different yeah so like for me I, I'll put them 1A 1B um I'm gonna put Spider-Man above Guardians because I think the more I've sat with it like you said it's kind of like well damn it Adrian you were right some of that comedy was pretty forced Um, and I too am like, I don't know. I think also watching Wonder Woman without hype goggles on, I've said it on my Twitter and I've gotten shit for it on my Twitter. Like I just don't, it was, it was meh. It was kind of mediocre at the end of the day. Like that doesn't take away from the fact that she's important and that she's opened the door for female led movies, but I'm not going to make it this untouchable thing that I can't critique or say was bad or like, you know, wasn't great from what i've seen and what's been bugging me i guess is literally if it wasn't this whole female-led female director movie this movie would probably be a lot worse than what it being portrayed well yeah no but but, and i think that's that's what i'm saying like i get shit for not liking it as much no i'm saying i I literally don't i think it's literally been put up on this pedestal of this year only because it was a female-led in a female yeah no i I can agree there the only reason that's it yeah not because it was actually this best movie yeah no i can agree there i think that it 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 just doesn't hold up against the other movies that we've got in this year. And, you know, you can at me and say it's because we're Marvel, you know, Marvel fans. But, like, we also do like characters in the DC universe. It's just the execution hasn't been good, man. Like, it just hasn't, unfortunately, compared to what Marvel's been putting out. So. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you put this? We won't even, like, go, like, number-wise, but, like, between, like, S-tier, A-tier, B-tier for like your your superhero movies overall i put an a tier like easily how many people how many movies go in s tier two or one uh i well it depends on like i guess what you like logan and silver war for me are like s tier comic book movies yes i'm saying that's why i was figuring that's why i didn't know how many because usually with s you can only do like a few so okay what are y'all's um, this it's a tier for me for sure. Like yeah. it's not up there with like Iron Man one, yeah, Logan or Civil War for me. Yeah. But it's it's pretty it's pretty good. It's better than it's better than the majority, but not as good as like the top one percent for yeah. me. Yeah, same. I think I can go with music and Berserker Thor as S tier, but overall movie. <laughs> and I just really enjoyed yeah. what what they did with that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, like, I went back and saw it again literally the next day because I thought it was so good. Yeah. Like, I could just watch and put that clip over and over again, yeah. especially with the music they use, and I could be done. I don't yeah. need to see anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I guess the last comic book movie we have to critique is going to be Justice League, and then we can do a giant recap of comic book movies for the year and actually yeah, I think it's been them. an okay year. So, I think it's been a pretty good year. I think it's been a pretty good year considering where we're at, like... It's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also sitting on some of these movies has helped a lot. I think it either helped or hurt. I don't know. I'm kind of in the hole as more I sit and think about Wonder Woman, Spider-Man. It drops for me. Same with Guardians, unfortunately. Logan's kind of gone up. But, yeah. Which I think over, like, the overtime progression of what you think of stuff. Yeah. As always, you can find me at OhMyMythRandier on Instagram and Twitter. Adrian? Hey, man. You can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z-93, if you want to come read my tweets. (laughs) 
don't have a Twitter anymore. That's it. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me at Twitter or on Twitter at dat m eighteen d a t t m one eight. And we're out. <laughs>